0: Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. I heard them in rehearsal uh, some time ago. That works? All right. And I now heard them in person, and they, 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 they sounded so much better in person than in rehearsal. <laughs> Happy Sabbath, everybody. Good afternoon, neighbor. We thank God that ours is the privilege of congregating together, of coming together uh, to worship. Let me welcome every worshiper, uh, those who are our guests, and those who are repeat offenders. Please know that God has blessings in store. I'm delighted to have uh, with, with us a few uh, men, uh, Kevin, Pastor Kevin, I was saying, from Judea and Samaria. I don't know uh, who is from Judea and who is from Samaria, but my very good friends, uh, Pastors uh, Valtrix Bins and his wife, Denise, and uh, Pastor uh, Kevin Bryan and his wife, Erica, and Nye is with you guys. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I thank God for… Uh, their friendship, there have been times that I have sought their counsel, and they have really been uh, good uh, friends uh, uh, to me, uh, particularly Pastor Kevin, he was there, Brian, he was there for us when we went through that rough time with my mother-in-law, and was just uh, just a, an awesome uh, support. So good to have, have you guys here. And uh, no pressure, no pressure, but it's, it's never fun preaching in front of your friends. But <laughs> well, good to have you guys. Good to, to have you. As you, no doubt you've heard, as per our plans, we've been planning this for quite some time now, as per our plans, our speaker uh, should have been uh, Chef Walker. But as we spoke with him, last evening. He was still stuck in Georgia. And so while we, as far as our plans were concerned, uh, he was to be the speaker. Uh, the, the, The elders and the other pastors and the Holy Ghost had other ideas. And so I'm here to share with you today. You know, for the past 10 years now, the United Nations Sustainable Development Solutions Network has been publishing its World Happiness Report. The report is based on global survey data drawn from people in approximately 150 countries. The report examines happiness around the world including the happiest countries, the nations at the bottom of the happiness scale, and everything in between. They also look at the factors that tend to lead to greater happiness. Finland is the world's happiest country for the fifth year in a row, according to this report. This Nordic country, along with its neighbors, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Iceland, all perform exceptionally well in the measures used to explain the reports. They measured healthy life expectancy, GDP per capita, social support in times of adversity, low corruption and high social trust, generosity in a community where people look out for one another and the freedom to make important life decisions. By the way, the the U.S. was ranked 16th this year. For our purposes today, I would like for us to Note two of the indices that were part of the happiness quotient. They are healthy life expectancy and generosity in a community where people look out for one another. Healthy life expectancy and generosity in a community where people look out for one another. This weekend, our theme is Living Your Best Life. We'll be seeking as a church to communicate this theme to the entire plantation community. But what does it mean, living your best life? What does this look like? We'll be using the New START program that was developed by the folks there in Weimar University. And the program is described as a physician monitored, scientifically researched lifestyle change program based on eight fundamental principles proven to help you achieve optimum health. New START is an acronym for nutrition, Exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest, and trust. Say it with me. Nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest, and trust. It is our hope that as we share this approach with our neighbors this weekend, if they've not yet started, they will begin to live their best life. However, I ask again, what does that mean? What does that look like? Let's turn our attention to our focus text, John chapter 10 and verse 10, to see if we can find some answers from the Word of God. John chapter 10 and verse 10, the New King James rendition says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief does not come, Jesus says except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But conversely, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the Word of God, and I believe it. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for the movement of your Spirit in the service thus far. And as we continue in worship with the study of your Word, I ask that you will remove every distraction You'll arrest our attention. You'll use this feeble mortal clay to speak not only to our heads, but to our hearts. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you have the red edition version of, the, of Scripture, you'll find that this text is, 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 is marked in red. Our Lord said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill. And to destroy. But conversely, he says, I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Now, neighbor, before we attempt to zoom in on our focus text, let us zoom out, let's pen out the lens and consider its context, yea, its setting. These words were spoken by our Lord as he confronted the Jewish leaders over the dust of him healing a blind beggar on the Sabbath in chapter 9. Jesus and his boys as they were rolling came up on this man who was blind from birth. And in verse 2 of chapter 9, the disciples asked him, hey master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus responded in verse three, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. You see, neighbor, the healing ministry of Jesus was not just about him restoring health and life to individuals, but it was about demonstrating what God intended for humanity in the first place. The healing ministry of Jesus was to restore, watch this, that which sin had stolen. Jesus had performed this miracle by by mingling his saliva with the dirt and applying it to the man's eyes and then instructing him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means "sent." After following the instruction of our Lord, the man received his sight, much to the amazement of his neighbors and some of the folks who had seen him earlier begging. The man experienced, watch this neighbor, such a transformation that they could hardly recognize him. Wasn't this the fellow we passed just some moments ago begging? Wasn't this the blind beggar? What has happened to him? What a transformation. They, 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 they could not believe it. They were amazed. There are some who inquired of him as to how this had happened and who had done it. But their, but their inquiry was not to celebrate with him and his newfound life. No, they had a problem with this, and so they brought the man to the authorities. What was the problem? Well, it's there in verse 14 of chapter 9. Verse 14 says, now it was a, put, put a text there, but now it was a, verse 14, but now it was a what? A Sabbath, When Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, now it was the when? It was a what? A when? A Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. That was their problem. That the healing took place on a Sabbath. You see, the method that Jesus used was considered by them to be work. These folks were more interested in their rules than in a man being healed. They were more interested in their policies. Than in people. And I fear that this disease has also infected the church. Not over here, perhaps over here. There are those who, who believe that their policies are more important than the people, the policies were meant for. (laughs) And there's some folks, you can change everything, but don't mess with the policy. You don't know. This policy has been around before your mama met your papa. And it doesn't matter that it is serving no function. It doesn't matter that we get no results from it, but we've always done it that way. And so they are more upset. With the fact that the man's healing and the way it was done contravened some stated policy. Hello? And so they took him to the authorities it didn't matter to to them that for 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 years or for most of his life this fella was a mess for most of his life he was blind for most of his life he was dependent for most of the life his life he depended on the system but now he was healed they drew and had a problem james with the technicalities and so in his response, follow me carefully. In his response, our Lord employs this metaphor of sheep and shepherd. We're getting to our text. So in this conversational, so it, rather it is in this conversational and confrontational context in which we find our focused text. Jesus saying, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Conversely, he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You don't understand what I did in chapter 9 was about seeking to help somebody have abundant life. With all due respect to your rules, uh, what it's about is how can I help somebody receive and experience abundant living? Could it be that one of the reasons folks do not experience abundant living in our institutions in our churches is because our policies, hello, do not promote, do not promote abundant living. Our policies seek to keep the institution going. Why did they have me preach today? And so Jesus is responding. He's responding because of the blowback, the backfire he got from healing the fellow on the Sabbath. And in his response, we find our focus text. Now, it is instructive in order for us to get the flow of the text and to consider, uh, to get its meaning, we need to consider a few verses before and a few verses after the text. So, let's begin at verse uh, uh, 7 of our chapter, chapter 10. Verse 7. The Bible says, then Jesus said to them again, mostly, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are, are what? Thieves and robbers. But the sheep not, did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the, sh- the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The harling flees because he is a harling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Now don't miss it, neighbor. Note the main cast of characters in this metaphor. The good shepherd the hireling and the thief the good shepherd the hireling and the thief the good shepherd the hireling and the thief now jesus makes it clear in verse 11 it is on it is clear there's no equivocation rather on his part he makes it clear he says in verse 11 i am The Good Shepherd. Of all those three characters. You need to know that I am the good shepherd. Now, now, please, please keep in the back of your minds that he's responding to the fact that that Brother David, he got the blowback from healing the guy in chapter 9 on the Sabbath day. And so, he's responding to this, to this uh, elder Angela, and he's saying, hey, hey, these are the main cast of characters. You got the hirelings, you got the thief, and you got the good shepherd. Let it be clear that I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd stands in contrast to the harling and the thief. You see, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In other words, the welfare of the sheep is the priority of the good shepherd. While for the harling, he is just doing it for his own benefit. Hello? You see, the harling the, 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 the only cares for the sheep as long as it is beneficial to him. The good shepherd, he he cares about the welfare of the sheep, how the sheep is is doing, how the sheep is protected, how the sheep is cared for. But for the harling, his main interest is, what am I going to get out of this? You see, he cares for the sheep, the harling, he cares for the sheep as long as it's beneficial to him. Because notice what, when, what he does when he sees the wolf coming. Jesus says when the harling sees the wolf coming, when it becomes dangerous, that harling, he takes his feet up in his hands and he moves it. He flees. The harling is only in it for his bottom line. Stay with me. The harling doesn't hesitate to cut bait when it becomes unprofitable to him. All right. Let me put it where you can touch it. Let me make it relatable. You know, we we talk about health care in this country. But in my opinion, in reality, it's not health care. It's managed care. Stay with me. You see, we will keep you around as long as it is profitable to us. We don't care too much about your hide if your hide is not profitable. You see, as long as it helps our bottom line, we care for you. And so and so we call it managed care because 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 you and, and, and I don't know why they got me preaching today, and I hope I got no and please 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 please, please, I don't mean to offend you if you are an hospital administrator, but but I have related to some, and I know that they they're, they're, they're hospital administrators who have no medical training whatsoever, their training is in liability and, 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 and in insurance and they make decisions about people's health based on how the numbers calculate yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, sir. Jesus says the hiring is just in it for the bottom line yes, uh, uh, Mr. Pink we, we know you have that procedure to be done but, 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 but the administrative board got to meet and aside on the, the schedule of your surgery. Uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Pink, you should know that you have exhausted your insurance. You've got to buy—I wish I had a witness in this house. You've got to buy additional coverage. For the hireling, the hireling is concerned with the bottom line. And methinks that part of the problem is that our our system is filled with hirelings. You see, there are some folks for for, for whom you are just a number. Uh, Sir, wait your time. Uh, Sir, we'll, we'll call you when you're ready. Sir, did you take a number? You see, they can't afford to Per, they can't afford Pastor Benz to personalize, personalize the care because it will affect the bottom line huh. Jesus says the hireling is only concerned about the benefits he can get and then Jesus says you've got the thief somebody right now please pray for Pastor Rose right now please pray Please pray for me. Jesus says, "Not only do you have hirelings, then you've got the thief." And and here is the thief's list of priorities. Jesus says, "Here is the priority of the, the thief: to steal, to kill, and to destroy." That's his. That's the list. His priority list. His his list is to what? Yeah. To steal. To kill and to destroy. You see, just like the harling, the thief is, not, is, is in for his benefit. But whereas the harling the will tend to the sheep as long as it suits him, the thief, he destroys, yea, he slaughters the sheep. Oh Lord, employ this triad of Steal, kill, and destroy to drive on the point. Let's not fool ourselves. There are whole industries built around our bad habits and bad behaviors. There are industries who are profiting from you being sick. Pushing certain products pushing certain merchandise, knowing very well that these things will not only steal your health, they will kill you, they will destroy you. I've been here in Broad County since 2007. Uh, and, and, and since then... Just anecdotally, I've observed the amount of renal care facilities that have popped up in Broward County. Because it seems like everybody and his mama and his cousin has a renal issue. And nobody wants to talk about how it's, most of it is directly tied to lifestyle. I wish, I wish, I wish Chef Walker was here because he would tell you that that we have a whole culture, a whole industry that promotes sugar, salt, and grease. Because they're appealing to certain sections of your taste bud that makes you an addict. We think that addicts are only those who are pumping stuff in their brain and snorting things through their nose. No, some addicts, they can't wait for Mickey D's to open. You don't know what's the—that the, the, you're hooked yes. on salt and, and sugar and grease because a thief only comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's amazing how it is so easy to form bad habits but hard to break bad habits that it's it's hard to form good habits but but easy to break uh, good habits and and the devil got some of us by the mouth by the lips by the tongue the devil got us s- Seated and, 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 and immobile and, and, and everything is, is so comfortable now. I don't have to leave my house. Even my favorite place, Dane, Walmart now delivers. Even Walmart delivers. So I don't have to leave that comfy couch to go walking in the aisle to search for my favorite veggie something. I don't have to. It's one swipe away. I can stay in my house and order and get Pastor Mike everything I need. Because it's Convenient. And so now we've gotta tell folks to move. We gotta tell our kids to move. Listen, Kevin, when I was a boy growing up in Jamaica, when summer when summers came around, the only time you found me in the house was when it's it's time to eat and when time to go to bed. Snacks were mangoes and, and, and the fruit that was available. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Candy was a treat. Now we've got to take our kids outside and get them involved. We've got to move now. <laughs> because... You don't appreciate that, 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 that what the devil is doing is stealing your health. Yes. That the lifestyle is literally killing you. Yes. Those who promote these products they not only steal your health but they, they kill and destroy. Well, praise God, in contrast, Our Lord says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And there are two words, you know, Pastor Jen, two Greek words that are commonly used for our single word life. They're bias and and zoe. And these two words are not synonymous because they view life from different perspectives. Bias refers to intensive, extensive life. That is the period or duration of life. The chronos of life. The time span that we have. It refers to the means by which life is sustained. That is bias. But Zoe, on the other hand, it refers to intensive life. Life that goes beyond mere breathing and existing. It is life with a purpose. It is life that is lived intentionally. Life that not only includes the physical, but also the intellectual and the spiritual. It is life that approaches life from a multidimensional perspective. This is holistic living. Jesus' physical healing miracles brought about abundant life to those who were dwindling away physically. However, physical restoration was far from the end of His mission because Jesus sought to attend to the intellectual and the spiritual because he knew that for someone to experience abundant life, all these elements had to be present. Jesus knew, Pastor Mike, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So when we talk about living your best life, We're talking about approaching life with intentionality. We're talking about approaching life holistically. That is the reason we, we have embraced these eight principles. Because the devil may make you feel as if the life you're living outside of God, that that's it and outside of his plan and purposes, and, and every now and again he throws you a bone and you feel good about it. You think that he's, 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 he, he's in it for your interest. No, 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 no. The devil has one, one thing in mind, and that is your demise. As I seek to bring this to a close, I'm reminded of a story about a couple that just moved to a new town. No sooner had they unpacked, their stuff. a neighbor. I assumed he was a neighbor. Came over to welcome them to town. Oh, we're so glad you, you you're here and your family. So glad to welcome you guys. And 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 I've got two prime tickets. Hello, Alex, two prime tickets for you and your wife to this concert in town. Oh, they're related. Wow, what a what a gesture. What a gesture. And so, the day of the concert, they left and they went to the concert. Yes, they had prime seats. They enjoyed it. But then when they returned home and opened the door, their house was empty. Save for a note that said, hope you enjoyed the concert. Because while they were enjoying the crumbs that the neighbor had tossed their way. The neighbor cleaned them out. You see, while you're there enjoying the crumbs that the devil throws you way, you don't know and appreciate that he is going to clean you out. I conclude with, Words echoed thousands of years ago. Words that I still believe reverberates and resonates. Words found in Deuteronomy 19, 30 rather, and verse 19. Guys, could you put it on the screen? The King James Version. I like this rendition. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. The Bible says, God speaking here, He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Both thou and thy seed may live. I've come to appreciate that some of the issues that our children are struggling with started with us. with some decisions we made years ago and now they are the benefactors of the consequences notice the text says I have sent before I've given you a choice I've given you a choice rather but but God says choose life and watch this not only will you benefit but your offspring will also benefit Praise God. Years ago, my father, who did not grow up Adventist, nothing like that, had a co-worker. And I always describe it this way, a co-worker who would not keep his mouth shut. Because this co-worker, every chance he got, he wanted to share his faith. Wanted to share his faith. Wanted to share his faith. And he would constantly be inviting my father to church. I was just two years old at the time, my daddy told me. Constantly inviting my father to church. He would not stop. But you see, my my father had a major job on the weekend. He He worked at the racetrack as a steward. That was his, sup- that was supplemental income for him. It was a major income. He could not afford to miss race day on Saturdays. But one day, one f- Saturday morning, it rained. They closed the track that Saturday. And he decided just to get this co-worker off his back. yeah. yeah. He's going to go to church. Perhaps if I go, Dane, he taught, that Sabbath, it will stop him from asking. And so my dad showed up that Saturday at the Kencott Seventh-day Adventist church. And for 40 plus years, he never stopped going. Gave up the job at the racetrack. And I had had the privilege of growing up. In a seven day Adventist home, because my father accepted Jesus and it was not only good for him but for his seed. Come on, on. You've got to understand that the decisions that I'm reading a book currently called It Did Not Start With You, which says a lot of the decisions that we make right now they'll have an impact on generations to come. So, how then? should we live? Years ago, I started going to the doctor for an annual physical. And, and, and I have Christine to thank for that because my thing is, if I'm not sick, why well, i am going to the doctor? That was my belief. I'm not sick, so why am I going to the doctor? And so I said, listen, Chris, if you you want me to go, let's, let's make all the plans. You do all the plans and you'd make the arrangements. Because you see, for, for some of us as men, going to the doctor is a bit emasculating. All the checking and prodding and poking. <laughs> and so she, she, she set up the appointment and she said, Noel, I'm coming with you because I know you. You're going to go in there and say, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm... And so she held my hand and took me in. And, I, and we sat down together. And the doctor started talking. And I said, yes. And, and every now and again, she would, she would interject. And yes, doctor. And, 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 and oh, yes. And, and yes, he's not telling you this. And okay. And she kept interjecting. And so it became, Pastor Mike, a habit for me for years now. Every year I'd go and do my physical. Every year, just religiously. And I'm, I'm now hooked on it. You know, I'm just doing my thing. And I'd go on one year and, 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 and I thank God my, my doctor is, is a person of faith. And, and he said, Pastor, I'm concerned about, I see your A1C sticking up. I don't like that. But, but he's the type of guy who, who's not quick to, to, to prescribe a pill. He's not a pill-popping doctor. You know, he tries and says, okay, let's try this and, 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 and see me back in six months. And I, I'm checking out and I, uh, I go to the receptionist and, and, and you know, it's, it's a nice atmosphere there. And, and she said, Pastor, you know, you can, you can do this and do this. And, th-. and I'm listening to her and in my head, I'm thinking, what in the world is this? I'm a 7th day Adventist Christian. Yes. I know this stuff. Yes. You see, the problem is I had straight away from that style of living I got in the car and I said no I've got to get back on track and so I eliminated what I needed to eliminate I reduced what I needed to reduce got back on my bike started riding started playing tennis again started doing just getting out there six months when I came back in and he did he said wow whoo he said now I need to see for another six months to just enjoy it's not a fluke I said doc it's not a fluke I have only resumed the way I've always lived. You see, what we're seeking to share with the community is not some fly-by-night, hurried come up thing. What we're sharing are principles of health that works. No words. Not a panacea. Not going to bulletproof you again, so everything, but, but, but it will make your life better. Better. On August 15th, we want you to, to join in with us. We're going to start our 18 days challenge. You hear more about it from Elder Nick and Elder Barbara. And we're going to start in the first three days to do an evaluation of our lifestyle. And I'm warning you, it's going to benefit you. I'm telling you that some of you may have to throw out most of the stuff in your refrigerator. Some of you may have to quit being regular customers at certain joints. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Some of you gotta, gotta displace the salt shaker. Hello. Because Jesus says, what I wish for you because I'm the good shepherd, I want your best. I wanna give you abundant life. Do you believe that today? Stand with me to your feet if you believe that today. If you believe that today, that Jesus offers abundant life, I thank God that the God that I serve is not only interested in my spiritual life, but the God I serve is interested in the stuff I put in my cart when I'm going through shopping at Walmart. He's careful about what I take off the shelf. He wants me to make the best use of what's available in the sin-sick world, we want to be committed to that. And so, folks, that's all that we'll be seeking to share tomorrow. Not being experts, not being professionals. We will have the professionals there for sure. The folks who will be there from Weimar for sure. Not folks who, who have attained, but folks who are pressing towards. Heading in that direction common, regular folks who are trying. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you care about every aspect of our lives. That you care about our well-being, our welfare. Lord, as we embark on this important journey together. Pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us and help us not only to realize the benefits, but to, but to share with others. We bless you. We worship you today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Please stand for the closing song.
0: benediction Lord we leave this place but never your presence rest, remain and abide with us and may the love of Jesus be shone abroad in our hearts we pray in his name, Amen
1: This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's 7 Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation
0: dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons deeper dive conversations and much more If you'd like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.